from the newsroom of The Washington Post. Hi, this is Ben Terrace coming from The Washington Post. Hi, Jeff. Miss Winfrey, Oprah. Hi there. How are you? It's Lisa Bonas calling for The Post. This is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Friday, February 12th. Today, the cost of a Republican vote to impeach President Trump and what that means for the future of the GOP. Like every other politically motivated witch hunt the left has engaged in over the past four years, this impeachment is completely divorced from the facts, the evidence, and the interests of the American people. The Senate should promptly and decisively vote to reject it. On Friday, lawyers representing Donald Trump in his Senate impeachment trial made their defense. They argue that the former president's actions did not amount to incitement of insurrection. The fact that the attacks were apparently premeditated, as alleged by the House managers, demonstrates the ludicrousness of the incitement allegation against the president. You can't incite what was already going to happen. Trump's lawyers argued that there was no way for Trump to know that his January 6th rally would turn violent, and that his words at that rally were just how politicians talk and protected by the First Amendment. A boxer fighting with his hand tied behind his back, members of Congress fighting, Rudy being Rudy. These are the metaphorical, rhetorical uses of the word fight. We all know that, right? Suddenly, the word fight is off limits. Spare us the hypocrisy and false indignation. It's a term used over and over and over again by politicians on both sides of the aisle. And of course, the Democrat House managers know that the word fight has been used figuratively in political speech forever. But don't take it from me. It's best to listen to them. Our mission is to fight. Our job is to fight. We are in a fight. We are in a fight. We are in a fight. Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Democrats are standing up to fight. We These arguments from Trump's lawyers landed on many sympathetic ears. It is expected that most Senate Republicans will vote against convicting Trump, potentially as soon as this weekend. And if that happens, the whole thing is over. Trump will get to say that he was exonerated. And even if Democrats are saying that there was still a benefit to publicly holding Trump to account, you also have to wonder about the cost. The cost for Democrats, but maybe even more, the cost for the few Republicans who voted to impeach him in the first place. Our senior producer, Rena Flores, has been thinking a lot about that cost. And she's been reporting on one person in particular who serves as kind of a test case of what will be facing Republicans who speak out against Trump. That person is Congresswoman Liz Cheney of Wyoming. And Rena actually traveled to her state a couple weeks ago. I am rolling, yes. And so so where are you thinking that you want to kind of like start this story? So I actually want to start it before I left for Wyoming. I was virtually invited to this county Republican Party meeting, this kind of town hall that was happening. 
Okay, if everyone can please take their seats. Uh, we're going to call the meeting to order. Um, Wait, can I pause you? When you say you were virtually invited, does, was a town hall happening in person and you were just like beamed into it? So it was actually just a, a Facebook live stream. The page had maybe like 24 other viewers, <laughs> but I'm told there were about 100 people there in person. Um, as a party right now, we're divided. Uh, we're divided locally, we're divided in the state, we're divided in the country. What I see on the live stream is what looks like a hotel conference room. There's like a man speaking. He's standing at a podium in front of a big sign that says Natrona County Republicans. I'm, I'm watching this because it felt like a good chance to see how the Republican Party was handling impeachment and all of this insurrection fallout at kind of the most local grassroots level. We need to speak against extremism and bullying. If not, the result's going to be what we saw on January 6th in our nation's capital. And the guy speaking is Joe McGinley. So he's the chair of this Republican Party in this one county. When those barriers were breached, at that point, this one small group of far-right extremists, when they crossed those barriers, not only was that police line breached, but so were the values of the Republican Party. Um, So Joe wanted to talk about the insurrection at the Capitol, and he wanted it to go on the record that the Republican Party doesn't stand for this. But if you listen closely, there's something you're going to hear that just signals some of the other people in the room are not on the same page as Joe. That was so uh, challenging to watch. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Point of order. Point of order. Um, we need to speak up and let everyone know that extremism <laughs> Wait, is not what? Did you hear that? Uh, oh, please, my God. Someone just coughed Antifa in the middle of this, like, very wholesome <laughs> Republican speech. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and you you hear Joe kind of struggling to take back control of the meeting, right? He says, like, excuse me and tries to move on. <laughs> but the cough kind of feels like a signal that oh, there are people here who are signaling this conspiracy theory that Antifa, anti-fascists, were responsible for the insurrection, not Trump supporters. None of that is true, but it's this signal that there are, like, troublemakers messing with the kind of dignity and procedure of this local Republican Party meeting. So, wait, so then what happens What happens in this meeting after that? At this point, I'll entertain a motion on the agenda. So Joe tries to go about with the usual party business. He tries to get an agenda approved. But then there's a roadblock. Any further discussion? Yes. A motion to amend the agenda, please. Someone wants to amend the agenda. So that's out of order. This The motion was to approve the agenda as presented, which means it cannot be... It's like the world's wonkiest argument. Yeah, right? And honestly, like, I am on the edge of my seat at this point. Like, the meeting rules nerd in me, like, can tell something is happening. I'm not sure what is happening, but I think I'm about to find out. Yes. Mr. Chairman, the very important issue has come up with regard to Liz Cheney. Yeah, I'm going to point of order. Uh, that's not to remain to the discussion. What we're talking about is the ruling of the chair. Uh, I'm going to call you out of order again and give you a warning. So my point of order is that's not germane. So here it is, like the agenda fight. It's about Liz Cheney. 
this whole meeting, it's taking place in a county in Wyoming, and it's in the district of Congresswoman Liz Cheney. The people there, the ones who are wanting to amend this agenda, they're basically doing it because they they want to talk about Cheney. They want to air their feelings about her, like discuss censuring her, because Liz Cheney is a Republican, a Republican who voted to impeach Donald Trump. And lately, like nationally, she's been this kind of emblem of the inner feud in the Republican Party, the Antifa coughing Republicans, the people who are staunch supporters of Donald Trump, versus the other people in the party, the ones in kind of positions trying to keep it all together. Each one of us in this chamber bears a sacred duty, passed down to us through generations and affirmed in our oath of office to preserve and protect our Constitution. So I want to give you some background on Liz Cheney. She is a Republican congresswoman elected in 2016. Cheney represents Wyoming in Congress. She's the daughter of another big-name politician from Wyoming, former Vice President Dick Cheney. Her dad actually held this same seat in Congress back in the 80s. So Wyoming, it's a big state in terms of land area, but it's also one of the least densely populated. So large parts of it are rural, and it has only one person in the House representing them. That's Liz Cheney. Um, As we've talked about many times in this committee, uh, Wyoming is obviously the nation's leading uh, coal producer. Um, She serves uh, on a couple of committees, like the House Natural Resources Committee, which makes sense for Cheney. Wyoming's major industries are coal mining, oil, agriculture. It's a big beef state, so there's lots of cattle ranching there. What makes Cheney the subject of a lot of attention these days is that she's a powerful figure in Republican politics. Officially, she's the House Republican Conference Chair, the number three Republican in the House. And she's actually the only Republican woman in House leadership. So she ticks off all your usual boxes on conservative policy. The Second Amendment to the United States Constitution, Mr. Speaker, protects the individual right of American citizens to keep and bear arms. The cuts in regulation, the cuts in taxes, those are the kinds of things that we've got to see to bring this economy back again, to get people back to work. In fact, she leans really conservative. She's not like a moderate Republican like Susan Collins. According to a 538 analysis in this last Congress, she actually voted with Trump an average of 93% of the time. Uh, And I oppose uh, strongly the president's decision, uh, apparently, to withdraw troops from Syria. It's not like she hasn't disagreed with him. Uh, The apparent decision that that we're now going to be looking at withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. But their views are, you know, on paper, not that far apart. Which made things really interesting when... Cheney voted to impeach him. We have some breaking news. Wyoming Congresswoman and House Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney says she will vote to impeach President Trump, releasing a statement that says... She was the highest profile Republican to do so in the House. And at the time that she made her decision public, it caused a bit of a stir. But this is a big, big moment. And what we're waiting for is the watershed to see how many House Republicans follow her, Nicole. The Um, way Cheney considered it 
it was a vote of conscience for her. She put out a statement explaining her decision, and she said, quote, The president of the United States summoned this mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. Everything that followed was his doing. None of this would have happened without the president. Ultimately, Cheney was just one of 10 Republicans to vote for that impeachment. And in the weeks since, she's really doubled down on it. We will not forget what happened on January 6th and that the single greatest threat to our republic is a president who would put his own self-interest above the Constitution, above the national interest. Now, I asked her office for an interview to talk about this. They didn't grant one. Instead, they pointed to this recent Fox News Sunday interview that she did. You know, we've had a situation where President Trump claimed for months that the election was stolen and then apparently set about to do everything he could to steal it himself. Uh, And that ended up in an attack on the Capitol. Uh, Five people killed that day. Uh, That's the kind of attack that can never... That interview, you can probably tell, Liz Cheney is playing defense here. That's because after Liz Cheney's vote to impeach Trump, there starts to be this kind of steady stream of attacks against her. If we're going to fight back, it cannot be with Liz Cheney as the Republican conference chair. I can report to you. She that frequently stars as the antagonist of Fox News rants. People in Congress in her own party wanted to censure her or wanted her to step down from her leadership position. Last week, Liz Cheney voted to impeach Donald Trump, and now she has her first 2022 primary challenger. State Senator. After her decision, someone launched a primary challenge against her in Wyoming. And what the people of Wyoming don't expect is somebody from Wyoming helping to stab him in the back. And then there was this Matt Gates rally. Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida. Well, in the latest development, Florida Congressman Matt Gates says he plans to fly to Cheyenne this Thursday to campaign against Cheney. Now, Gates told reporters Monday that he's going to... You see, the reason I traveled to Wyoming instead of just watching a bunch of GOP town halls via live stream, it was because Matt Gates was going to be there and criticizing Liz Cheney from her home state. Congressman Matt Gates has been one of President Trump's staunchest defenders and supporters in Congress. For people who might not follow Republican politics all that much. Author of the bestseller Firebrand, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who... Gates is this guy. He represents a district in Florida. The people of Pensacola in the panhandle need Matt Gates. And over the last few years, he's kind of morphed into this telegenic Fox News star. And he likes to think of himself as this rabble rouser in the Republican Party. Our leadership, frankly, is in shambles. You've got McConnell wavering on impeachment. You've got Liz Cheney spitting into the eyes of tens of millions of Americans. Matt Gates is also one of Trump's closest friends in Congress. Absolutely. If the president called me and wanted me to go defend him on the floor of the Senate, that would be the top priority in my life. One of its biggest Trump fans. I would leave my house seat. I would leave my home. I would do anything I had to do to ensure that the greatest president in my lifetime, one of the greatest presidents our country has ever had, maybe the greatest president our country has ever had, got a full-throated defense that wasn't crouched down, that wasn't in fear of losing some moderate Republicans. Gates was promoting this rally all over social media. 
He shared a screenshot of a Facebook event, and then he posted it on Twitter. And from the outside, it looked like Gates was just ramping up the pressure on Cheney for this impeachment vote. Like, it wasn't the first time he'd been in a feud with her, so it mostly felt like this was one more step he was taking to basically tell her, you messed up, and now I'm going to come after you at home. So I found out a little later that Gates wasn't actually the one who had the idea for this Wyoming rally. He went because of this guy. Yeah, so this was basically something I came up with because I was getting an outpouring of concern over our federal representation. This is Ocean Andrew. All right, so it's a Facebook event page. has a picture of... Matt Gates standing in front of an American flag. And it says, he was the one that set up the Facebook event page that started this whole thing. And it describes the event as, uh, you know, Wyoming can do better. When I first meet Ocean, it's about five hours before the Matt Gates rally is scheduled. Ocean is wearing this bright blue suit, red skinny tie, white mask on. He looks as ready for TV as Matt Gates usually is. It's been an interesting session. And meeting Ocean felt like I started understanding a little more about the anger around Liz Cheney. Ocean felt like this voice that had just started speaking up just in the last few years in the Republican Party. And he started speaking for other voices like him. You see, Ocean Andrew is 26. He's a Wyoming state lawmaker. And he's a pretty new one. He was sworn into the state legislature just a couple weeks before I met him. And when he actually got into office, one of his first public acts was to bring Florida Congressman Matt Gates to Cheyenne. People were asking me what I could do as a legislator to change this, maybe put in some type of recall provision into our law. Unfortunately, the legislature doesn't have the power to do those things. So when did you reach out to to Congressman Matt Gates? After I started getting all these emails and realized I couldn't do much about it. And so I sent him an email, um, his staff an email, and he really liked the idea. But why Matt Gates, this guy from Florida? He's not exactly the person you think of when you think Wyoming politics. Because I think he is a voice that is very much the opposite of Liz Cheney. For Ocean, the Florida congressman seemed like the obvious choice for an invitation. Liz Cheney is kind of the old establishment type Republican um you know, very pro-war, pro-foreign interventionism. And Matt Gates kind of represents the new Republican Party that is very anti-establishment, more individualist, and more non-interventionist. In Wyoming politics, Ocean feels like that new face of the Republican Party, the one that looks more like Matt Gates of Florida than Liz Cheney. And to be clear, there's a lot that Wyoming gets frustrated about when it comes to Cheney. No, I, I don't think that Wyoming needs the Cheney name anymore. He said he didn't like that she's a hawk on foreign policy, that she's a little too much like her dad. The particular vote that people are most concerned about is the vote to impeach Trump. And Matt Gates is probably on the most opposite spectrum of 
Liz Cheney on that vote. To Ocean, all of those policy views were bad, but the ultimate betrayal of Wyoming, like what it came down to, it was not supporting Donald Trump. Wyoming, after all, had voted overwhelmingly for Trump in 2020. He got about 70% of the vote there, and it was the highest percentage Trump got from any state. But it's worth mentioning Liz Cheney almost matched that in 2020. She got about 69% of the vote. And I think it's just a betrayal of where she came from and the people who elected her to make the political move and vote for that impeachment. And I really think that's what has sparked the outrage. So after Cheney's impeachment vote, that spark kind of exploded. You could feel the outrage coming off of people at this rally. There was no evidence to impeach President Trump. Um, You want to talk about incitement that we've had to deal with all year long? I'm not voting for somebody that chooses to do her own will versus the people that voted her in, period. People were gathered outside the state capitol building, and the crowd wasn't exactly small. Not exactly Trump rally kind of big, but there were about 400 people there, mostly maskless. There were tons of impeached Cheney signs around. There were also a bunch of Trump hats in the crowd. Simply put, come next election, Wyoming deserves better. When I saw Ocean again, he was introducing the man of the hour. Introduce to you, Congressman Gates. When Gates took the mic, he immediately got in some shots at Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney had a rally with all of her supporters. They could likely meet inside one of the elevators in the Capitol. There were some of your usual applause lines. Leadership doesn't mean backing a Nancy Pelosi-fueled impeachment by reflex. A lot of mentions of Trump. There's basically two things that Liz Cheney has done in the United States Congress frustrate the agenda of President Trump and sell out to the forever war machine. And then Gates did this thing that people like to do with members of the Trump family. Gates got Don Jr. on the phone. A man who loves Wyoming, who loves to hunt and fish, how about a word for Donald Trump Jr.? Gates held a phone up to the mic at the rally and let him talk. The really fascinating thing was Gates, who again is from Florida. He really talked up how Cheney was out of touch with average people in Wyoming. I'll, I'll confess to you, this is my first time in Wyoming. I've been here for about an hour. And I feel like I already know the place a lot better than your misguided representative, Liz Cheney. And it was a line I think I heard 
over and over again, talking to people at the rally. She said she followed her conscience. We didn't elect her to follow her conscience or her feelings. We elected her to follow us, to represent us. How Liz Cheney didn't represent their interests because she was too Washington. She doesn't even live here. She has never lived here. What, insurrection for God's sakes? You've got to be kidding me. Yes, I'm pissed. And Liz Cheney is part of that. I have met her quite a few times. For people at this rally, this impeachment vote from Cheney seemed to be a tipping point. For all the ways in which she didn't represent Wyomingites, this vote was, like for Ocean Andrew, that kind of ultimate betrayal. The thing that activated people to come to the rally and call for her to get out of office. I mean, what she has done is unforgivable. There's no backtracking on that. She's showed her character, and she turned her back on the American people and her party. I also heard a lot of the same concerns from people outside of the rally and outside of Cheyenne. When I traveled about an hour away from the state capitol, I heard from cattle ranchers in places like Goshen County about similar things. We just were a small ranch, and we do what we can do. I I don't think she works for the people in the state of Wyoming. She wants to do stuff her way instead of being what the people want. And I am a fourth-generation rancher. Donald Trump was a good representation of our state and our community. And I, I feel like she wasn't necessarily listening to her constituents here. There were also some real-life policy concerns wrapped up in this anger at Cheney. I talked to people at the rally who said they were there because they didn't think that Cheney understood what it was like to work in the major industries that propped up Wyoming's economy. I was was raised in the oil field, grew up around it, spent a lot of my adult life working in it. Scott is 48. I actually met him at the rally. Scott had driven from about two and a half hours away. He lived in Casper, in a central part of the state with oil fields surrounding it. It, it, it goes it goes south. For some reason, price oil drops out. It's always been an ebb and flow industry, no matter what's going on. So I want somebody in there who understands what happens during these booms and busts. So many people come here, like Liz Cheney, and they want to springboard their political careers. Because I walked with Scott to the restaurant he and his wife were planning to eat at, a couple blocks away. We eventually got to talking about the events of January 6th. It's the outliers. It's the fringe. It's the handful of troublemakers who are putting a stain on both sides of this. He called the people responsible for that attack on the Capitol the fringe. But Scott didn't blame Donald Trump for that. And he didn't think Liz Cheney should either. And showing up here and getting Liz Cheney out of there and hopefully getting somebody in there who I feel represents Wyoming, it'd make me feel better. I don't know if it's going to fix it. And then he said something else that has stuck with me. I don't know, I'm not going to say say it. Cause he said he knew he'd get some flack for saying it, but I asked him to say it anyway. Well, there's an old saying in these third world countries. Bullets change governments far sure and quicker than votes. And I'd hate to see it come to that. Because I ain't going to be no good for nobody. So, I don't know. Liz Cheney does have supporters. She's got allies in Congress. 
Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell came out in defense of her last week. He called Cheney, quote, a leader with deep convictions and the courage to act on them. In Wyoming, Cheney also has people that back her, ones that will vouch for her conservative street cred. Yeah, you, you can't, you don't get to the right of Liz Cheney, right? She's as, she's as far over there as you can. You, you can't, you can't flank her on her right and be more conservative than her. All you can do is be angry. All you can do is just be angry and more obnoxious. This is Matt Michaeli. He's been involved in politics for a long time. He was actually Wyoming's Republican Party chair when Cheney first ran for her House seat back in 2016. I, I think she has been the single most effective voice for conservative causes across the, uh, across the country. Since she's been in office, Matt says Cheney has been the best person there is to protect the interests of Wyoming, the people of Wyoming. Miners, oil field workers, cattle ranchers, the families that people like Scott were really concerned with. But here for Wyoming, um, it's made just a tremendous impact. In his day job, Matt's a lawyer. He represents a lot of oil and mining interests. And he helps these companies navigate some of the Byzantine world of permits, regulations, and the Bureau of Land Management, or the BLM. The BLM starts creating just these rules that are just onerous, that, that don't do any good, they don't protect the environment. All they do is harm Wyoming people. She's able to get those overturned. He looks at what Cheney's done for the state, and he thinks she's been incredibly effective. He gave me a few examples. Um, the, the BLM methane rules, the BLM planning 2.0. She's, she's put forward legislation um, about our, our federal forests and about the health of our federal forests. And these are all things that are critically important to Wyoming. And time after time, Liz has been out front um, and doing things that help Wyoming miners, Wyoming ranchers. I asked him, though. What about the impeachment vote? People are angry here. His law offices are in downtown Cheyenne, a couple blocks from where the Gates rally was. He didn't go. But what did he think about it? And so there is uh, certainly a level of anger, or uh, anger is probably the right word, toward Liz right now because they feel like she didn't support the president. And I think I think Liz is going to have to answer those questions. She's going to have to... Um, sit down and, and talk to people and go through that. Do you disagree with that vote? I, it would be, I, I, I would say that it's, <laughs> I, I, I don't have to vote, and I wasn't there. I think that there should have been, I think a, a, a censure or a formal action certainly should have happened. Um, you know, I do think there's logic in the argument that President Trump is is done with his presidency. You know, he did not break through the doors. Um, you know, where does this end? I probably would not have voted for impeachment personally if, if I was there. Um, but I think it's a courageous vote. I think it's a vote of uh, that she believed in, and I I, I respect that. So from all these conversations that you had and, and the things that you saw in Wyoming, what do you think that tells you about 
the challenges that are going to face Republican leadership and just Republican politicians around the country in the years going forward in terms of trying to balance this part of the party that I don't think is going to go away, that is incredibly loyal to Trump and doesn't tolerate any disloyalty to a person who isn't even the president anymore. That's a great question. I mean, I think that I actually want to go back to that GOP town hall that we started this conversation with. Natrona County Republicans and and Joe McGinley, he was the chair of the Natrona County Republicans. Yeah. So I spoke with him afterwards, and I think the way he handled the mention of Cheney during that town hall was was really interesting. Mm. A very important issue has come up with regard to Liz Cheney. No, I'm going to point of order. They actually voted on whether to add a discussion on Cheney to the agenda, and they actually chose not to amend the agenda. Okay, please be seated. The ayes have it, 72 to 28. Ayes have it. So the agenda passes as presented. So the final vote was 72 to 28. And that basically meant they would not be changing their agenda to let people discuss Liz Cheney. They chose to move on. I asked Joe later how he felt about that vote, and he said he was actually really proud of it. Uh, The group did a wonderful job of alleviating that conflict without bringing Representative Cheney's name into the conflict. They didn't argue the individual that was Liz Cheney. Joe said. They were just trying to get an agenda passed. And to Joe, it felt like a very polite way of not attacking the person. Which is, is how you, you do that in a respectful uh, respectful way. So they debated the issue without debating the individual. Um, so, you know, a single vote doesn't, doesn't define an individual or the job they're doing. And that's essentially the statement that was made last night, that we don't have enough information to be judgmental and criticize someone on a single vote. And again, my interpretation of what happened. <laughs> so obviously that wasn't specifically stated uh, in the meeting or anything else. But, you know, if I had to read between the lines and, and read the body language and read the feel of the room, that's that's sort of what I read between the lines last night in that meeting. Hmm. That That's so interesting to me because I, I feel like what he's saying really squares in my head with what it seems like a lot of Republicans or like more moderate Republicans are thinking about what the future is going to look like. Just like veer away from the impeachment stuff, veer away from Trump stuff, veer like just veer away from from so much of like the things that occupied our our brains for the last four years and just move on and try to like not touch it. And by not touching it for long enough, like the GOP no longer has to be the party of defending Donald Trump. But but I don't I don't know if I buy that. I'm not convinced that there were not people who came away from that meeting knowing that in future meetings they're going to show up again and they're going to do the like Antifa cough again and that they're not just going to back down. Yeah, I actually really agree with that kind of conclusion because what Joe heard is really not exactly what I heard. Here's the other interesting part of this, which is that later on in our conversation, Joe kind of told me the ways in which the party has really changed in the last four years. 
like I think permanently changed nowadays because there's been just such harsh rhetoric and vitriol and, you know, not necessarily the Antifa cough, but like actual threats made against party officials and on social media. Um, so over the past few years, as I mentioned, the rhetoric uh, has increased, the aggressiveness has increased. Uh, the attacks and, and comments on social media have progressed. Joe's been the target of them. I get personal attacks on social media all the time. Mm. And it has changed the face of the Natrona County Republicans. Um, at our own meetings, we now have security. Uh, four years ago, I, if someone would have said that, I would have laughed. <laughs> said, they actually had to hire an armed security guard, in addition to their sergeant-at-arms, to preside over these meetings. Oh, my gosh. They say they notify the local police department now every time they have these meetings because, you know, what Joe said is better safe than sorry. So... I don't know, like that very small victory for Joe for what he believes is a victory of decency and respectfulness. I don't I don't know if I see it. And I think that especially, you know, given the security changes, given the vitriol that's directed at them and continues to be directed at them. They might not want to acknowledge that the party has changed because of the last four years, because of Trump, because of the political climate that led to Trump. They might think that they have the ability to just kind of move on and brush it off and that the tension dissipates after that brief flare-up of anger. But I am not convinced that the party itself hasn't just changed permanently and maybe one of the political victims of that will be people like Liz Cheney. Rena Flores is the senior producer for Post Reports. Robert Samuels also contributed reporting to this story. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Our executive producer is Maggie Penman. Our senior producer is Rena Flores. Our editors are Alexis Diao and Ted Muldoon, who also composed our theme music. Our producers are Lena Mohammed and Jordan Marie Smith. Ariel Plotnik and Renny Svarnovsky are associate producers. The post director of audio is Jess Stahl. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back on Monday with more stories from The Washington Post. 